And today we're looking just for a couple minutes at another name that's um, to my right and your left. It's way up there at the top corner there, the potter. So we're going to talk today about uh, the potter and how he forms and transforms and makes us into the people that he wants us to be. So look at your notes. Uh, you're going to see that uh, uh, the name of God today is the potter. I'm not going to even try to pronounce uh, that, 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 that name. I'll just let you kind of use it for your own, own interpretation. But I want to go to Jeremiah chapter 18. I'm going to read a verse of scripture. They're going to talk about what God, what God does to clay and how we are made in his image. If you're with me this morning, let me hear an amen. amen. This is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Go down to the potter's house, and there I will give you my message. So I went down to the potter's house, and I saw him working at a wheel. But the pot he was shaping from the clay was marred in his hands. So the potter formed it into another pot, shaping it as it seemed best to him. Then the word of the Lord came to me, and he said, Can I not do this with Israel as the potter does, declares the Lord? Like clay in the hand of the potter, so are we in my hand, Israel. So you're going to sit up on the, on the stage this morning. I've got a, I've got a potter's wheel. Look for a, a, somebody in the church that did this and couldn't find anybody, so I just decided that I would take this on today and I would create a beautiful pot out of clay. I need your prayers. <laughs> it's a pretty simple concept. That we are the clay and he is the potter. Maybe in a few years when I talk on this again, I'm going to do a totally different talk. I'm going, to, I'm going to talk about what the clay says to the potter and what the potter says to the clay. The clay says to the potter, I don't like this process. When the potter is forming the clay, the clay says, this hurts. This doesn't feel good. What are you doing? Why do we have to go through this? Is this necessary? Are you as good as they say you are, and can you do something with this? Now, what the clay says to the potter is important. What the potter says to the clay is more important. See, I believe that the potter looks at us and he says to every single one of us, I believe in you. You have a purpose. There is something that I can do with you. I can make you into something beautiful. Together, we could create a masterpiece. And if you will just simply allow me to mold you and to make you and to form you, I'll make you into something really beautiful. And I've got some really good news for you today. That's what the potter says to you today. 
You are a child of God. And you are more than just a piece of clay. There is purpose. There is destiny. There is beauty in you. But we all, as clay, have to remind ourselves that God is always at work, and he's always forming us and, and, and pinching us. I call, them, I call them pressure points. The point where you say, God, this doesn't feel good. God, I don't like this. God, stop. And he is forming and making us into the people that God wants us to be. And one day, if we allow him to mold us and make us, we will be beautiful. This happens to be a piece of pottery that, that, that uh, we went on a trip a couple years ago. Many of you were on that trip with us, and we were in Ephesus. And I know that because I don't remember it. I, I know that because it's written on the bottom. <laughs> I was privileged with the bishop to serve communion to hundreds and hundreds of people there in Ephesus. And that piece of beautiful pottery is in my house today as a beautiful reminder. This is beautiful. This just didn't happen. There is a, a process that takes place. And this started out with a, as a hunk of clay who was willing and humble and willing to go through the difficult pressure points to one day become beautiful in the eyes of God. And when you see this, hopefully you see beauty. When people see you, hopefully they see the beauty of God in you because you have allowed the potter to make something out of a piece of clay that when people see it, God ultimately gets the glory. I hope that when people see you, they see beauty. doesn't mean we're perfect. doesn't mean we got it all together. doesn't mean we have all the answers. doesn't mean we don't kick the cat occasionally. But I hope that when people see us, that they will see the beauty of Christ in us and ultimately God receives all the glory and all the praise. Can I say amen? amen. And by the way, you will always be a piece of clay in the hand of the potter until he makes you what he wants you to be. And God gets all the glory. Let me give you real quickly, we only have a few more uh, minutes together, but I want to give you five ways that the potter transforms the clay. Now, you all know this scripture. If any man is in Christ, he's a what? A new what? Creature, creature, a new creation. That word there, creation, has an interesting uh, word. It, it, it doesn't happen quickly. It doesn't happen automatically. It is a process. That word there, new creation, means to be established or to be formed or formation or building. What that says to us is that when we are in Christ, he is forming, he is establishing, he is building us into that new creation in Christ. So there's five ways that the clay is transformed by the potter. Here's the first one. If you're with me, let me hear an amen. If you want to be transformed by the potter, you and I need to have, number one, a deep conviction and a desire that you want your life to matter and you realize you can't do it alone. Without the potter, you're a piece of clay. And we all need the potter to take 
this earthly vessel, this piece of clay, and make it into something beautiful, but that really starts with you. God wants to make you into something beautiful. God sees you as a piece of clay, but he sees your destiny. He sees your purpose, and it's got to start with you having that desire to be transformed by God. It starts with you to have that passion that says, God, I want you to make me into the person you want me to be. I know you can do it. You created this beautiful world. You can create me into something beautiful. God, I have a conviction that I want my life to matter, and I can't do it alone. Are you all with me? There are influencers in this world. I went on the Internet this week just to kind of give you an idea of that. That's a a key word lately, influencers. Here's some influencers in our world. Selena Gomez has 499 million followers. uh, Cristiano Ronaldo is a soccer player, 787 million followers. Kylie Jenner of the Kardashian family, 450 million people. Dwayne The Rock Johnson, 362 million followers. Lionel Messi, a player in the state of Florida, Miami now, thank God, 422 million people. And Beyonce, 385 million followers. They are simply influencers. And I can tell you that you can follow Selena Gomez, Beyonce, P. Diddy. They will not transform you or influence you the way Jesus Christ can. See, they're trying to sell you something. They're trying to make something from you. You follow them and you'll be the same tomorrow as you were today. But when you as a believer say, God, make me, I want you to influence me. I want you to take this piece of clay. I want you to make it beautiful for your glory. Christ has the ability to influence you in a way that you will never, ever be the same. Did you hear Hannah's beautiful testimony just a few minutes ago? What is it? That is a testimony of transformation. She was beautifully influenced by somebody who can really change a person. And it will never be Beyonce. It will never be Leon Messi. Jesus Christ is the greatest influencer I know. And when you humble yourself and realize that you can't do this in your own and you put yourself in a place of humility, the potter can make something beautiful out of your life. Can I get an amen? Amen. Number two, I love this one. Another way that God transforms us is, is you have to have the recognition that you must submit and follow, not control and lead. There needs to be a recognition that you, we, must submit and follow and not be in control or lead. Now, this is going to be tough for some of y'all because you think you've got it all together and you think you've been around the block a few times and you think now that you have matured to this place, where you are in control and you are the lead. And my name is Scott George. I'm here to remind you today that you, sir, are a piece of clay. You came from clay, and you're going back as clay. And if you want to be in control, and you want to be in charge, and you want to call the shots, then let me know how that goes for you. 
But you will simply be a piece of clay until you recognize that you have to give him complete control and surrender to the will of the Holy Spirit in your life. You are not in charge. And when you get on that wheel and that thing starts spinning, you will be reminded that God is in charge of every detail. And you are no longer in control. I like the old hymn, I surrender all. I surrender all. All to thee, my precious Savior, I surrender all. You're not in charge of your retirement. You're not in charge of your 401K. You're not in charge of your future. You are held in the hands of the beautiful potter. And you and I need to be reminded on a weekly basis that we are not in charge of our lives. I surrender all. Number three, if you're still with me, let me hear an amen. Um, let me just, I'm hesitant about sharing this, but, but, but all of these points have scriptures. But I was reminded of this uh, this weekend. Um, Aaron and Heidi came over for dinner Friday night. It was a wonderful time being a grandpa. I love it. Austin went to bed at, at, at 9 o'clock, and so Tammy and I had a few minutes, and, and, and uh, I just knew what was going to happen. We were going to watch a Hallmark movie. <laughs> and, and I'm trying to be a good husband. I'm trying to watch another Hallmark movie. I got it down to a science now. I know exactly it. 8.59, they're going to kiss, and everything's going to be great, and Tammy loves watching them, and I try my very best to watch those movies with her and, and act like I enjoy them <laughs> a little bit. God was shining on me on Friday night because I convinced Tammy not to watch a Hallmark movie, but to watch the Johnny Menzel documentary on Netflix. Hallelujah. I, I, I was shocked. I kept pinching myself going, this is not real. On a Friday night, we're not watching Hallmark. We're watching a football documentary of a young man called Johnny Football. First freshman out of Texas A&M to win the Heisman Trophy. Had the world on a string. In control, making money violating every NCAA rule known to man, getting on private jets and flying on the weekend, hanging out with LeBron James. And, and as I was watching this documentary, before your eyes, in a matter of minutes, you see this guy's life crumble. So much so that he was picked the first round in the NFL by the Cincinnati Bengals. Bombed out as a quarterback went on a bender after he was fired by the Browns and spent $5 million on drugs and alcohol. Tragic story. But as I was watching that story, it, it reminded me of how all of us are susceptible to ruining our lives if we think we're in charge. 
That guy has a spirit problem, and he talked about it. He was suicidal, put the gun to his head and pulled the trigger, and it clicked, and it didn't shoot off. And yet, he talked about the emptiness that he had. He's got a hole in his heart that, 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 that winning a Heisman, Heisman is never going to fill. Getting a $10 million contract is never going to fill that. But with him in charge of his life, he needs to, like we all do, come to that real, realization that we can't do this alone. God's got to make us and form us into the people that he wants us to be. Number three, if you're still with me, let me hear, let me hear an amen. I love this one. Another way God transforms us is you and I need to come to that place where we sincerely and completely trust in the one who holds you and your future. I want to ask you a question this morning. Do you trust in God? Do you trust in the potter? Do you trust that when he is putting the pressure on you and squeezing you and molding you that he has your best interest in mind? Do you trust in the potter? And if you do, he's going to make you into something really, really beautiful. But it means that you and I need to come to that place where we trust in Jesus. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus, just to take him at his word, just to rest upon his promise, just to hear thus saith the Lord. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust you. How I prove you more and more. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust you more. I want to ask you a question this morning. Do you trust him? I know it hurts. I know it's painful. I know it's hard. I know you want to get off that wheel. I know things are spinning, and there's pressure points, and there's pain, and there's heartache, and there's sorrow, and there's questions. But in the end, when we come to that place where we trust him, He's able to make us into something really, really beautiful. Number four. Fourth way God transforms us is when we have a willingness to endure temporary hardship for eternal transformation. I love that. Look in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. But we have this treasure in jars of clay. Everyone say clay. To show this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. Watch this. We are hard-pressed on every side but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. We will always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. Are you willing today to endure temporary hardship for eternal transformation? I hope you are today. And by the way, how many are here today and and you would say, Pastor Scott, I'm on the wheel right now and I'm feeling a little bit of pressure. Can I see your hand? Lift your hand across the auditorium. Almost half. Yeah. It's not going to last forever. It's not going to be forever, but it could be hard for a while. Remain patient and stay on the wheel. You know, I've met people that have gotten off the wheel and it doesn't end well. We all need to ask for, for, for patience to stay on the wheel and allow God to finish the work of his hands and endure the temporary hardship for eternal glory. And then number five, we need to humbly surrender to his purposes so that he can use us 
for his glory. Humbly surrender. We talked about that a few minutes ago. To his purposes so that he can use us for his glory. In 1902, there was a woman by the name of Adeline Pollard. She was a, a woman who was in ministry her entire life. And she had a goal and a dream of one day becoming a missionary to Africa. She was doing all that she could. She was trying to raise her support. She was trying to get people to help her and churches to send her. And she was finding it very, very difficult to raise the funds in 1902 to go to Africa to be a missionary. She went down to the altar one Sunday night and she was praying. How many know good things happen when you come to the altar? This, this altar is a, is a potter's wheel. When you come to this altar, both sides of the auditorium, it's like getting on the wheel. And good things happen when you go to the altar. She was praying at the altar and she heard an old lady in her prayers say, Have thine own will, God. Have thine own will. And in the middle of her struggle, in the middle of her, her complexities of, of becoming the missionary to go to Africa, in the middle of her raising the money and having the difficulty of raising the funds, that phrase stuck to her as that lady was crying out at the altar, have thine own way. And Adeline Pollard in 1902 went home that night and penned these beautiful words. Have thine own way, Lord. Have thine own way. Thou art the potter, I am the clay. Mold me and make me after thy will. While I am waiting, yielded and still. Let's sing that together. Have thine own way, Lord. Have thine own way. Thou art the potter. I am the clay. Mold me and make me after thy will. While I am And still. What a beautiful song. Have thine own way. Could it be that God is making you into something really, really beautiful? And you, like Adeline Potter, just need to simply say, Have thine own way. God, I'm not in charge. God, I'm not in control. God, I want you to make me the person you want me to be. I want to be beautiful. I want to be used for your glory. Have thine own way. Would you stand across the auditorium and let's go to the Lord in prayer just for a few moments. As you leave today, I've got another Got another gift for you. 
little piece of clay. Actually, we thought it was a lot bigger when it was on Amazon. <laughs> and it, it was supposed to be, you know, six ounces per, and it's .06 ounces. Uh, this is just a little piece of clay that's wrapped in plastic. This is what I want you to do. I want you to, I want you to simply put it in your pocket, put it in your purse, put it with you this week. And every time you reach in your pocket, every time you reach in your purse, you're going to feel a piece of clay. And it's going to be a beautiful reminder today that you are clay. You're not the potter. You're not in charge. God's in charge of every detail of your life. And if you surrender to him, he'll make you into something beautiful. I don't know about you. When I see this, this doesn't do much for me. Doesn't do much for me. But God has the ability to see potential even in a piece of clay, to make you and I into something really, really beautiful for his glory. Can I get an amen?